HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Academy Opus Cassius, the cheese industry's unique center for professional development. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. There are those of us who are career cheesemongers who ride the retail cycles year after year, helping thousands upon thousands of customers in dealing with the day-to-day madness of taking care of and moving the cheese. And oh, do we move the cheese. And then there are those in the cheese business who started off as cheesemongers in the hopes of building a career in cheese that extends beyond the counter. We love them too. Welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Lifer Cheesemonger and your host, Greg Blaze. On today's show, we're talking about building a career beyond the counter with Will Imray, sales and development manager at Pondini, which is a distributor of organic cheeses and other specialty goods. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Will. Hey, Greg. How's it going? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you bet, dude. Always good to talk to you. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> on, the, on the first half of the show, I wanted to focus on your cheesemongering career and on the second, we could talk a little more about how you came to your current role. I'd love it if you started off by telling us a little bit about your career before cheese and why you made the switch to cheesemongering. What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, I was like any old guy out of high school, went to college, uh, did something that I didn't really want to do. <laughs> uh, and then I decided to kind of follow a passion of mine, food, and I think I had three life experiences that kind of really fostered that uh, that passion, and that was my family and cultural background. Uh, my dad was uh, from Hungary, originally from Budapest, and my stepmother was from a little town called Gravina in southern Italy. Uh, so I, I think out of the three things, you know, uh, that was probably most important. Um, I also didn't like corporate working environments, and I, I, I did have 
pretty thin in the food industry, um, so that helped as well. But my familial background was great. It was just, you know, experience all these unique things, um, cheeses in particular, provolones, uh, imported uh, Parmigiano-Reggianos and things of that nature in the early 90s and 2000s That when cheese wasn't really, you know, a big thing, I think, in the marketplace. Right. Um, so, what did you, know. you study in college that you hated so much? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hated a portion of it. It was an interdisciplinary study called Environmental and Business Economics, and, uh-huh. and the economic portion was something that I really okay. like. Um, I love the environment. I was in a, a quasi-ag program as well, so I learned about you know uh, conventional agricultural practices. Um, so, yeah, kind of like it, it, that also kind of got me into food because I was like, wow, we're like, you know, doing all the wrong things, using pesticides and herbicides and, you know, uh, you know, having terrible feedlot conditions for these animals and, and what's going on here and we're eating all this processed food. So kind of that also helped me kind of, yeah, go in another direction with food. Well, would you say that your college education, you know, gave you a lot of information, but maybe it didn't give you a path to apply that information? Uh, maybe you found that in cheese a little bit. Um, I know I did when I went to school, um, and economics are important. I mean, shit, your whole business, especially as a wholesaler, relies on economics, and all those margins are pretty slim. And I imagine you wouldn't be as good at it as as you are if you didn't do that firsthand or at least learn about economics somewhere, wouldn't you say? Oh, I agree 110%. I mean, it's completely applicable, um, the theories, um, the information uh, that I acquired uh, during my time there. And uh, and I I was just, I was happy to find something I was passionate about and then apply that knowledge to it. Um, And I think that was, it took a little time to, to kind of, uh, you know, realize that or come to the realization that I think food was my direction and cheese in particular. Um, but yeah, I got there and uh, it was a good journey. You know, my food experiences were were unique. You know, every time I always pressed, you know, I was like, all right, well, I got my first car. We're going to go down to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. We're going to go to, you know, Mike's Deli, sure. Della Mozzarella, you know, Titel Brothers, um, you know, and all this stuff and get weird cheeses like Ragusano and that you never even heard of. And Italy was you know, didn't exist. You know? Sure. So it was like, I think that it was also the discovery of things that, that fueled that passion, you know, and, and it continues to do that to this day. You know? And that's why. So you went from food, but then you went made the switch to cheese. Maybe cheese gave you a little bit more to sink your uh, teeth into, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the food industry was kind of uh, so. I owned my own business for a little bit, which again I applied my college background to, and um, I, I love cooking. Uh, so I did. You know, I worked for a lot of catering outfits in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, where I learned kind of the practical skills involved in in, in cuisine and in the food industry. Um, and then I found myself owning my own business for a brief stint and, uh, you know, tough. I was sourcing cheeses at that time for the business. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff from like Springbrook Farm. I used some distributors like Seacrest Foods, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, that kind of just intrigued me, you know, uh, where these cheeses were coming from, especially them being predominantly domestic cheeses. Uh, yep. That was my focus. Um, and, and that's, yeah, where I could really sink my teeth into it. And then I was also, you know, I really, one of the guys that really helped me out was, uh, Everett Priestley, man. You know, he was over, Who? you know, he, he works for, uh, uh, what is it? Um, sorry. Um, 
Well, I'm sorry. Could you tell me uh, another, that gentleman's name again? right now, but uh, Everett was a monger. Oh, Everett. At, I'm sorry. Um, uh, a small shop in yep. uh, in Jersey, and he was like totally uh, helped me out and tested my palate and things like that. Totally. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. So you got in, and then then you you broke in through that, or that that was when you made your your choice. Where were you? You were at the wine library, right? Is that what you said? Or... Yeah, I was at the wine library in Springfield, New Jersey, and um, you know, for a brief stint, a couple months, um, and then I decided to kind of go to the big time. And as you know, I applied uh, at Italy. Yeah, you, think, you uh, worked with me at Italy, and you your life has been ruined ever since. It's been over for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you always tell me the story about how I came to the counter in a suit and tie. And yeah, that was like, funny. This kid is never going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You grew your uh, hair out and beard just as quick as you possibly could get out of that thing. So I was happy to see that. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, but in a serious way, do you have any tips, like if for people listening, you know, who might not work in cheese yet, but are considering like sort of dropping everything to become a cheesemonger? What would you say to them? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to work hard. I think that's very important. You know, your work ethic is extremely important. Um, you also, I think you have to make uh, kind of like uh, monetary sacrifices, if you want to call it that. You know, you, you know you, you're know, you not going to get paid that much, you know. And you're going to get paid probably better than in most food industry jobs starting out. Yeah. But at the same time, there is some sacrifice there, you know. So, um, And then I think it's the personal sacrifice, too. You know, I, I think because of that, you're going to work long hours. You know, you're not going to have enough time, a lot of time for yourself. Um, you know, and and that all goes with the work ethic. And I think if you have that passion, it's going to fuel those things, you know, and and kind of, yeah. So you got to give up your time, and you're not going to make any money. So thanks a lot for advertising that. Really, you're really, you're really. (laughs) I'm the holiday season, and I need people to come sell cheese. So please come work for me. You won't make any money, and I'll take all your time. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Really appreciate that. No, no problem. No problem. uh, Awesome. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Um, So what did you learn through mongering, and how did that help you in your current career? Yeah, I mean, a lot. I mean, wow. I think cheese knowledge just in general. I mean, you know, at Italy, what do we have? 200, 300 different cheeses. Yeah, we had a lot of cheese. At any given time. Uh, You know, I think that alone, just tasting them, smelling them, um, you know, uh, selling them to people, uh, learning descriptors, uh, things of that nature, I think, are invaluable. Uh, and in this industry, you need to have that, um, you know, and I, and that was that was one of the best experiences I had at Italy. I mean, it was just the variety of cheeses that I was introduced to. I think it was great. Yeah, it gives um, so you a real huge. big, broad, broad stretch, you know what I mean? You get to taste a lot of stuff there or in any large counter, you know, like not only there, but I think that mongering, when when you are there, you, you get to um, – sort of gravitate towards the items and the things that you like the most and you have a lot to choose from uh, people who run cheese counters are seldom um we usually go overboard we you know it's it's it, people like a lot of different kinds of cheese so mongering definitely shows you that um and it definitely helped you out to stay in stay in touch you know because uh, you had a lot of cheese that you might not have now but you remember it then um, what do you miss most about the cheesemongering that you don't get in this current role? You do wholesale. Uh, you're on the phone a lot, I'm sure, and you go out and you have a small amount of cheese that you handle. But what do you miss about the counter? 
if anything. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, no, I do. I mean, I don't miss uh, people yelling at me, but, <laughs> you know, you know uh, and ordering me around. But, you know, that and that's the customer. You say and ordering me around? Uh, I, yeah. Well, you yelled at them and you ordered them around, too. So, I mean, fair is fair. So, but what, what I do miss is, is those new cheese experiences like we were previously discussing. Yeah. I mean, I think those those for me were just awesome. I mean, I, there's nothing like this. Again, I think it, it all goes back to discovering. It's like this intrinsic nature we have, you know, and if you're really yeah. passionate about something, you just want to continue to discover and, and, sure. and, and learn. And and I think those cheese experiences of like you ordering this awesome cheese, I don't know, like Toma Bethelmont that I've never, ever heard before and then getting it in and then selling the you-know-what out of it. You yeah. know, I think that was most exciting for me. And then in my new role now, it's like, you know, I think it's more control and calculated. You know, we bring new cheeses in. I mean, we just brought in a bunch of new American producers, but we have to do so in a more controlled and calculated way. Not to say that your way isn't controlled and calculated as well, but I think there's more room. I think for our business, we're kind of more focused. We're a little bit more niche, um, us being, you know, focusing on organic specialty. And, and th- you know, we don't want to have a line of like 250 cheeses, 300 cheeses. We want to keep it small and controlled. Um, so I think that's kind of what I miss the most. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, good stuff. you know, uh, I also think that. missing working with a team, you know, and, uh, and working nice. to get things accomplished as a team. You know, we're, I work with Seymour and myself. It's just the two of us right now. So it's a very small company. I do have a warehouse team that's awesome. But, um, you know, like, you know, just coming in with your coworkers every day and everyone loving the product and cheese and working towards a goal and then achieving that goal is, is something so awesome. Um, so those are the two things I think I really miss the most behind the counter. Yeah, def- definitely you learn a lot um, as a cheesemonger about uh, teamwork. And you always sort of have, um, at a busy counter, you have sort of a rotating cast of characters because – uh, people come because of all the things you mentioned before, like people, people come into cheesemongering and then they find out that they can't support themselves through it or they have other costs or their time, different demands get met in their time or they want to change the demands of men or their time. So you have all this sort of mix of people. You have the core, the core group and then, and then and you have other people coming and going. And some of them are challenging to work with. They're challenging to manage and be a part of. So I think that you learn a lot um, and, and you're – interactions as a cheesemonger with your other cheesemongers is uh, different um, in a retail capacity or it has been where in the places I work because you kind of like want to encourage some sort of banter you know there's no um, you're not pointing to a menu you know and saying you can have one of these five things uh, you have to really coax the money out of people, and you have to encourage them to buy things. So you end up talking to your teammates all the time too, because it gets you sort of in the in the vein of being up to sell things. And I think that it's a lot easier to do that at the counter um, than when you're a wholesaler. And I know this from experience. When you're like, you know, you're kind of jazzed about something, but you're still just on the phone with somebody. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, you know, they can't smell it, they can't see it. Um, they can't touch it or taste it, you know, um, and that's the difference. Um, you know, I was going to um, ask you, um, you know, about some skills from your other jobs, and I still want to ask you that. But something that you mentioned to me that I found really interesting, um, one of the main reasons for your coming to sell cheese or your interest in food in general, is, you said, was your family, your roots in Hungary and Italy. Um, 
you know, through cheesemongering and working with cheese, did you find out more about your family through that? Uh, I, I kind of did. I mean, you know, it, it's odd. I mean, at least in Budapest, you know, um, my, my father left when he was very young. Um, uh-huh. You know, he was he was under the Soviet era, you know, he, but they were very poor. You know, so if I, you know, and I think my stepmother was the same. You know, she left at a younger age, you know, 18 to 20 years old. And, and both of them were extremely poor, coming from poor conditions, uh, you know, um, you know, in, in, in really, uh, you know, uh, difficult uh, economic and, and political times in both sure. countries. So, um, so I think what I learned the most about them about food was the simplicity of it. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, they never, you know, they, they basically... They had to eat what was around them, you know, I mean, and, and that was very important. So it was all about the locality of things, about what was available, you know, what was obviously least expensive, et cetera. Um, but, um, but the simplicity of it, I think, was key. Um, and, and, and cheese, yet it is a complex thing. It's very simple. You know, uh, if you're not eating cheese whiz or craft mac sure. and cheese, you know, it's, there's not a lot of additives. You know, it's simple. It's, it's fluid milk. It's a yep. little rennet, a little salt, and you're done, you know, basically. Yep. <laughs> um, so I think, I think, yeah, it, it did kind of, it, it did kind of, uh, lead me in that direction. And it was always something on the table. You know, it's a form of sustenance. You know, I mean, it was yeah. something that they had in their countries that they ate fresh or aged. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, I did learn. A, did I learn a little bit about them? Yeah, I did. I learned, you know, what conditions, what kind of environment they came from, um, why they wanted to leave, you know, why they wanted to have new experiences, et cetera. Um, and then bring those here to kind of pass on to someone else. So, um, but in a better environment. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I did learn a lot about them. I think I'm continuing to learn about them, which is great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think going from there, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you, you will learn more about your family, um, if you can connect with them in food, especially if they're from other countries. Sure. You know? well, um, I, that's great. I think, yeah. <clears throat> I think that people have a very romantic, um, notion of what their <clears throat> of what their grandparents had, you know, and what we would call the old country, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, when you work with food, um, you you realize when you pull that veil of romance away, you realize um, why people eat what they eat, and I think that only people that work with food really really understand that, and then people who work with cheese have an um, have an interesting um, sort of bent on that whole thing because um, you see <clears throat> you see what cheese actually is, which is you know. The the milk and the earth working to um, to preserve itself, you know, to give us the sustenance in time of need. And I think the further back along the line you go um, in your own family, um, if cheese or food were part of, part of your family, you you run into that need uh, much more so than today, where we um, where we love cheese because we want it and we can have it. Um, yeah. You know, um, uh, you know. I want to we're gonna go to a break in a second, but um, you know, I wanted to ask you um. No, you uh, you definitely were a good cheesemonger. Loved having you back there and uh, and selling cheese oh, thanks, with you. And um, what was your most challenging time uh, working behind the cheese counter? You know, when you were really like, you know, <laughs> this is. Well, you got a call, you got a, you got a call. The most challenging time I had. Oh, really? <laughs> so many people call, call me to complain. Uh, I forget about. It. <laughs> uh, what Christmas Eve, I believe it was. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, why was that so hard uh, no, for you? You know, the, the conflict in the workplace, I think, you know, when, I, as you previously discussed about, 
you know, kind of uh, handling everything you need to handle, doing a lot of multitasking at once, and then having that kind of, you know, obviously camaraderie with, you know, with your staff and, and learning to kind of work that with them in, in the least stressful manner, I think. I think that was most challenging, you know, and there yeah. was some experience I did have behind that counter, um, albeit with, you know, with my coworkers, which I probably could have handled a little better, you know, and um, yeah. uh, I think both parties could have, you know, but, Water but under these the things happen, you know. Whatever, yeah, dude. You know? It's, all, it's all in a day <laughs> sling and cheese. What was the most fun you had? Oh, the most fun! Uh, it's the same day. That's it's ironic, right? Uh, because we that day we I think we broke the sales record in the shop, and uh, I, that was kind of like one of my that that's a big accomplishment. You know, we just all had beer afterwards. Nice. <laughs> we just all you know had this like Christmas Eve celebration uh, together, and it was it was probably one of the best of times I had there. So you came around full circle all in one day, love and hate. That's the, I know. you got to love me, right? The life of a cheesemonger. <laughs> You're for real. All right. We're going to take a little bit of break, and then after we're going to talk to Will about his new endeavors. Stay with us. For this commercial break is brought to you by Taxstar, and this track is called Third Degree Rug Burns. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. The Academy is the only professional cheese school integrating hands-on practice, formal instruction, and curriculum-related visits in every course and attracts students from such diverse countries as Australia, Venezuela, Ukraine, Canada, Sweden, Kenya, and India. Cheesemongering, cheesemaking, and affinage courses form the core curriculum. Sensory analysis training is practiced daily in every program. The Academy also offers insider's tours in New York, London, and Paris, where cheesemongers can meet their international peers and be inspired by different approaches to cheesemaking and retailing. In the United States, the Academy offers programs in California and Vermont. Our five-day program, Cheese from Pasture to Plate, will run in March 2017 in partnership with Point Reyes Farmstead Cheese and Cowgirl Creamery. The Life of Cheese in Four Days in June 2017 is our ongoing partnership with Jasper Hill Farm. Both of these hands-on courses are perfect for students preparing for the ACS Certified Cheese Professional Exam. Enrollment is open now and space is limited to 10. For more information and to apply for this and other courses, visit our website at academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live in the Heritage Radio Network. Uh, this is your host, Greg Blaze. We have Will Imray, Sales and Development Manager at Pondini on the line. And we were just talking about getting into cheesemongering. On this half of the show, I uh, wanted to talk about your current job for Pondini doing sales. Can you tell us a little more, more about Pondini and how you found that job? Yeah, so the company is 
myself, um, I've been with it for pretty much over 13 years right now. Um, Oh man, that, <laughs> I lost you. I lost you. You're, I, oh. I can I can barely hear you. If you're if you're somewhere, somewhere away, come close. If you're somewhere close, go away. Can you, can you hear me now, Greg? Uh, you're like in, through a tin cup. Um, okay. Can oh, you hear me now? Um, yeah, it's a it's super bad connection. Hold on. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. All right, much better, much better. Thanks, Will. Sorry. Um, what up, what's up with Pondini? How did you get that job? Yeah, um, so basically um, I knew Seymour uh, by working with him while I was operating my food business, uh, yeah. buying cheese from him. Um, I had an organic kind of focused company. Uh, and so, yeah, I bought some cheese, and he's the kind of guy that, you know, I had – he didn't care about the minimums and stuff, and a lot of larger distributors at the time kind of uh, didn't allow me to, you know, to work with them just because of, I couldn't meet that minimum. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, and when I tasted his cheeses, he had some of the best cheese I, uh, around, you know, uh, Italian cheeses. Uh, the company itself existed for about thirteen has been existed for about uh, thirteen years. Uh, it was founded by Seymour Pond, uh, Matteo Panini. Um, he yeah. started importing Parmigiano. Um, so it's, yeah, pretty crazy. That's awesome, dude. What has been that, you know, we discussed about, you know, what you miss about the counter, but what would have been the challenges of moving away from the counter and into that job? Maybe it was none, yeah. but I bet you there were some. I think there are some, yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it's obviously, I learned a lot uh, under your tutelage, I can say. I mean, you're, you're a fantastic mentor. So, I mean, uh, you were the kind of person that kind of, you know, it's, you, you have a management philosophy that actually supports like individuals' freedoms to grow, and you, and you kind of like, you know, you you let people participate in many roles behind that counter, and it's not just about selling cheese. You know, you got to do a lot of that. But you know, whether it was inventory management, uh, new product procurement, uh, sales tracking, all that, uh, you were awesome at allowing people that wanted to do that to do it and help you out. Right. You know. Yep. Um, and I think those experiences really translated into my position. So, I mean, uh, if I didn't have, have that, I, I think it would have been a, a kind of a less easy transition. Um, but because I did build those skills uh, at Italy, I, I think it was a little easier. So, I mean, it's, it's basically the same, the same thing. Uh, it's just kind of learning the, the kind of ebbs and flows, the standard operating procedures of the company. Um, I'm a pretty quick learner with that stuff. So, sure. it's, you, know, I, you know, it worked out well for me. Um, but it was still challenging. Again, you, you know, you're, you're building a company now. You're with, uh, you know, an owner. Um, they have expectations. It's their, you know, the, even though it's only two people, you know, I think it's, you know, you got to understand that it is their company. Um, sometimes you get a little excited and maybe a sure. little overwhelmed because you, you invest so much into it. So those are some of the challenges I think in the beginning that I had, but, um, coming to the realization that, you know, we're working together as a team, we're going to get this done and we're going to continue to grow. It's, 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 it's a great feeling. So, um, so yeah. What have been the challenges of helping to build his brand specifically, you know, along with him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's again uh, that, that the controlled and calculated response. You know, um, you know, we we want to make concessions uh, to bring new cheeses in. We want to make concessions in forming partnerships with people, but you know, it, it has to be 
under the right conditions. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that I think that you know that is definitely a challenge to building the brand. You know, um, you know, it's um, whether it's and then also you have in the industry these days such an increase in demand. So for yeah, us, definitely. we work with such small farmstead producers. It's like we got to watch out for quality control. We got to watch out for inventory management. We have to communicate to our producers. You know, look. We're going to have a spike, you know, can you handle this, et cetera, you know, so we can actually have cheese to sell. Um, you know, we're doing something a little different. Since we are working, you know, with predominantly farmstead producers in Europe, that's tough. I mean, you know, our, I think our largest herd size is, size is like 2,000, you know, for one of our producers. So you're not getting a lot of cheese. And they have to not only satisfy our marketplace, they have to satisfy their own as well. Completely. Um, so, I th- yeah, I think that's, you know, that's very, very, uh, very, very challenging. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're trying to be an incubator for them, so we want to keep business up for them as well. Um, so they can expand if they want to. You know, well, that's it's one of it's tough with small producers um, there because you wonder, you know, they have a small amount of cheese, and of that small amount of cheese, a portion of it is good, and a portion of it is. It's not like it's less. It's not like it's bad, but there's you know there's there's the be- the best of the best, you know, and then there's the other stuff, and you and you have to get a little bit of both of that. I think as the importer, um, but you also don't want to, you know. The stuff that's super fragile, you know, you want them to keep around and sell close to where they make it, you know, because it doesn't really make the trip. Um, but, you know, when they end up sending you some of that, you run into a problem, you know, because, you know, you don't know exactly what you're getting. Um, or at least that was my experience. But, I mean, those are all just challenges. I kind of like to help work that stuff out. You know, I feel like the better you get to know your producers, especially small producers, uh, you know the times in the year when they, when they don't have a lot of milk or they don't have a lot of help, you know, and, um, and, uh, and you're not going to get a lot of cheese out of them or your, your quality is going to be a little different. You know what I mean? It's... Yeah, and I think those those are huge challenges. And I, I you know, for 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 international stuff, I think it's it's more. Um, I, I think the that they've been making cheese for such a long time. I think it's it's more consistent. But I think for our domestic producers, and that's part of the the business I'm kind of building. You know, um, uh, I find that more often. You know, and and we are we want to make concessions and we want to make sure. Um, you know that that we help them as best as possible, but again, we don't want to sacrifice that quality, and we want to provide the best possible cheese. And not only that, we want to provide cheese to people that the producers intended to provide to people. You know, so we don't. You know, we watch our numbers very closely. We don't take a lot on. We want you know first in, first out. You know, implemented. Um, as quickly as possible, and and then go on to the next order. Um, but there, yeah, there have been those challenges with domestic producers. I find more than our international. But um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you know, and again, we don't have a large catalog, so we're not doing a lot of soft ripened stuff from overseas. Yeah, we're not a question doing about that. that. You know, like it's it's different. You know, like we have forty to sixty cheeses at yeah. most. You know, um, and, and most of them are, are aged. Where so, do the American you know, ones it's, it's fit little, in? Like so, so you have your Italian producers, and I understood them all to be um, uh, organic producers, right? They're all yeah, right. Yeah, say about ninety-five percent of all our producers that was are, sort of are your certified profile. organic. That was like a profile of cheese that you that you guys have, and that, that you build you build your brand on. Uh, where do the American cheeses fit into that profile? Yeah, so I mean, I think we. That's another area where we had to make some concessions. So what we did was, um, you know, I was previously at ECS this year, and I think 
there's such a great demand for finding new domestic producers right now um, that I, I think it's very integral that we kind of you stay competitive in that marketplace. Sure. So for me, it was so for me it was like, well, all right, what are your practices? You know, if I tasted a good cheese, and they most of actually the American producers that I talk to, you know, they're free-range, antibiotic-free, non-GMO feed for their cattle, small herds. If they're if it's not farmstead and they're sourcing from a local dairy. They're either animal welfare approved or kind of abide by those guidelines just because it's just a natural way of doing things, you know, and, and, and they believe in, in those processes to work for them. Um, so I think when we sat down and we thought about it, Seymour and I, it was kind of a, a thing where we're like, okay, well, I mean, they just can't pay for the certification. You know, I think that's where the, where the problem lies. They just don't have enough money for it. Um, or they want it, they don't have enough money for it, they don't have enough time to do the right. paperwork and all red tape and all that jazz. You know, so we were like, all right, let's make the concession. Let's see how the, we like this cheese. Um, it it kind of sticks to our core values, even though it's not certified. Let's try it out. And we've had success, which has been good. That's awesome. So, um, Selling cheese yeah. is good. That's what you want to do. And then finally, I want to ask you, you know, do you have any advice for folks looking for non-cheesemonger jobs who want to stay in cheese? Uh, yeah, you can uh, email me at willapondini.com. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to do some work with us, let us know. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, just, uh, you know, you know, keep keep forging ahead, you know, um, and, and make sure you love what you do. I think that's most important. Um, you know, I think uh, you, the progression, you will know when it's time to make that transition. You know, like, you, I think if you're in this industry and you're in it for life, you know it. And whenever you're comfortable with making the transition, whether it be to sales or to owning your own farmstead, to becoming a cheesemaker, whatever it may be, um, or working for ACS or another distributor, you know, whatever it is, in, in whatever capacity, you're going to know when it's time to make that transition and just be confident in your abilities, you know, and if you're passionate about it, it'll all work out for you. Well said, my man. Well said. So I want to say thanks for tuning in to Cutting the Curd, and thanks to Will for coming on. Thank you so much, Will. You're the man. I oh, love you. Oh, thanks, man. How <laughs> you're the man, dude. <laughs> Tune in next week for more Cutting the Curd. Take care. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.